I want to do a shout out to one of our amazing partners, Banzoogle. Now, Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a stunning website for artists. Now, I have personally have used web builders for years. In fact, the 8020 Records website is maintained by yours truly. But honestly, these days, as someone who represents artists, I just want something straightforward that still looks amazing and works with everything that we use, such as Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Bands of Town, Printful, and so forth. And Banzoogle checks off all of these. Also, for those of you who have no idea how to build websites, don't worry, they make it super easy there too. You do not need to know a single line of code. In fact, after you sign up, they go step-by-step -step through each part of the process to get you up and running. Plus, their pricing is practically the same as if you paid for a web host. So really, it's a no-brainer. Lastly, and most importantly, what I love about Banzoogle is the people. Every single person I've spoken to has been nothing but kind and extremely responsive and helpful. They truly care about the artists that use their platform. And honestly, don't just take my word for it. Go listen to my interview with Stacy Bedford, the CEO of the company. Banzoogle is also offering to all our listeners 15% off the first year of any subscription. Just enter the promo code 8020show or 8020show, like the numbers, on banzoogle.com. I'll also put it in the description. Built by musicians for musicians. Banzoogle. You're listening to The 8020 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Hello and welcome everybody to The 8020 Show. I am your host, Mike Zimmerlich, and this episode is an audio recording from the panel The Present and Future of Brand Partnerships that was featured at the NAMM show this year. Now, on this panel was yours truly, as well as Justin Emord from the band Love and the 38, as well as Gabe Kubanda and Emiko both have been guests on the 8020 show before. All of us had incredible stories to share about how we built relationships with brands. And honestly, it doesn't make a difference if you're just starting out, established, you have a huge fan base, no fan base, it doesn't make a difference. You can always start building partnerships with brands starting today. So there's lots of great information in here, and I hope you enjoy it. I give you the present and future of brand partnerships. But welcome, everybody, to the present and future of brand partnerships. I'm going to go through and do some uh, introductions across the board, and then we'll get started. Um, also, too, because there is a, a couple of you in the audience, this is actually amazing, because if you guys have questions, we'll be able to answer them for you. So, um, but let's get started here. Uh, Gabe, I'll actually start with you at the end. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, well, hey, everybody. My name's Gabe Kubanda. Um, I own Kubanda Properties, which is an investment company and real estate company, as well as Edgy Musication, which is a nonprofit music education organization. And I'm an artist. So I'm kind of have my feet in a lot of different entrepreneurial kind of uh, veins that all somehow have something to do with each other. So uh, I know I'm a, kind of a weird fish in a lot of different waters, but uh, it's fun. My name is Justin Emmerd. I am the bass player for Love in a 38 and The Pride, and I am sponsored by Fender Guitars, Taylor Guitars, EMG Pickups, and many others. Hi, everybody. My name is Emiko. Um, I am an artist um, with uh, too many endorsements to name and brand partnerships, but I also run uh, Rose City Media Group 
And one of the things that we do at Rose City is we align artists with brands. So we actually go out and create partnerships and we consult for brands and artists on how to best strategically implement um, their strengths and their talents to be utilized for brand partnerships. So I'm happy to be here. And thank you, Mike, and thank you, Nam. And myself, I am the wonderful Michael Zemerlik, and I am the president and co- I know, wonderful, right? Did that just happen? Yes, because- heckle, heckle, I didn't need an adjective. I'll, I'll explain why What are you, Willy Wonka? Okay, <laughs> so, uh, I am the president and co-founder of 8020 Records, which is an independent record label and management company based in Phoenix, Arizona. And yes, the 8020 means that we give 80% royalties to artists. I'm also the host of the 8020 Show podcast, hence the wonderful, because that's how I always start my intros. So I'm, I'm right, whenever I have a mic now in front of me, I'm always in podcast mode. Uh, so it, we interview all kinds of music professionals in the music industry. In fact, Emiko and Gabe have been guests before, and Justin, I'll probably have you on the show as well. Happy to be there. So um, anyway, so yes, we're here to talk about brand partnerships. And welcome, everybody, coming in. I know it's early. Welcome. Come closer. We don't bite. Well, most of us don't. Most of us don't. I, I can't, I can't I speak for Gabe or myself, but I can't vouch for the rest. Fifty percent of, of us do not bite. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about brand partnerships. So first of all, what I want to talk about is well, why partner with brands at all, right? Because some people think, oh, is it just you know free products or discounts, things like that too? Like, what is the true meaning behind like actually building a relationship with a company? Uh, so, Emiko, actually, I'll probably start with you first. Why don't you go ahead and answer that? Why should you have partnerships with brands at all? Um, <clears throat> so, I know a lot of people look at brand partnerships. Uh, so, just as an aside, I also am the social media liaison and marketing liaison for Hammond, Oregon. And so, I actually work on the other side of it, signing artists as well. And so, or I should say, referring artists to be signed. Um, and so brand partnerships are so much deeper than just, ooh, I want free gear, or ooh, I want artist pricing. It's an opportunity for you as an artist to solidify not just a relationship with the brand going forward, hopefully that's long-term, but it helps bolster your identity. One of the biggest misconceptions, I think, in brand partnerships and in the endorsement world is this idea that free gear will get you fame, it'll open doors, it'll get you favor, and while some of that is sort of true, it really boils down to helping hone in on who you are as an artist, building your community, building your team around you, and also really honing in on what is the thing of service that you can offer the music industry that makes you valuable and makes you different and makes you fun. And a Working with the brand can actually help you find that or help give voice to that. And it also helps give voice to the brand in that way. It's a very reciprocal thing. So it's far more important than people realize. We're supposed to follow that up? Yep. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's basically everything I was going to say. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about your, your identity. And, I mean, ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, too, it's, also, working with the companies that you actually want to work with. It's, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, take this as, you know, I'm going to take these five balls, throw it at a target, and see what, what hits the bullseye. And that's not the way to do it. It's, it's all about working and trying to work with the companies that you actually like, what you use. And, uh, you know, it's, 
something that happens too often, and I think the industry is a lot smaller than artists think. And if you are one of those people that is going to hit up 75 different companies, all 75 are going to find out about it. We all know about you already. It's a very and you're small all circle. on the list. It's a very small circle. Well, and that's exactly what brand alignment is. The alignment of a brand with an artist or with an entity is timing, is you know, uh, your reach, your niche. Uh, there's all these other things that go into it, your, your vibe, your personality. So if you're, let's say you play, you really love Gibson guitars, but you're like, ooh, I'm gonna hit up every other guitar company just so I can get a free guitar. Well, that's not really in line with your values, right? That's not really in line with what you actually play or perform as or, or identify with. So you want to make some calculated decisions on what brands you want to approach and then be okay if the timing isn't right for those brands to get involved just yet. I think all of us on this panel have experienced this where we have approached brand, brands where there was a good alignment, where there was some sort of value sharing or similar ethos in the companies or, or what, what we were doing that would make sense, but the timing just wasn't there yet. But a couple years later down the line, somebody, you know, rings your phone and they're like, hey, we think you'd be perfect for this or yeah, we can do this kind of thing now. And so it's one of those things that we always love to talk about is just building relationships, you know, and not necessarily going in with in with this notion of like, I gotta get all these brands and I gotta get all these cards and I gotta make all these connections, but just more organically, you know, aligning yourself with these people, becoming friends with these people that you're meeting at these different conferences or at uh, music festivals or at shows and kind of seeing where that leads down the line organically as opposed to trying to pressure somebody to like, you know, hey, I've got a tour in two days, can I get a bunch of free gear, you know? I like to add to that, Gabe, because I, I really appreciate the fact that you mentioned that sometimes you have built friendships with these brands and don't do anything with them. And I know that's from personal experience as well. There's some that I now consider friends that I've met here at NAMM, actually, and we've never actually officially done anything together at all. But we still connect with each other. We still check in with each other to see what everyone's got going on. And you, you do truly build friendships with these people. And you're right, it's like maybe down the line years later something will work out, maybe nothing ever works out. But still, you just don't know until you find not only the right brands that you love to use, but also the right people that you truly connect with. And to that point, it's, uh, there's so many times where you become friends with some of these vendors and manufacturers and brands, and to where maybe nothing is right to do actual business with with them, but they're always referring you to right. other brands that may have some sort of alignment. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened to us over the years. And uh, even as a side note, outside of the music industry, I've had these weird crossovers with some of my like short-term rental properties that I've gotten into where one of my houses is decorated with all my old band gear. So I have plants coming out of a drum case. I have a microphone lamp. I have some other cool like, you know, nightstands that are like consoles and stuff. To where now I'm talking with brand partners about showcasing their gear in this rental property as well. So it, it even can live outside of just a strictly kind of music making, you know, ethos as well. And if a brand sees an alignment with that and that's something cool and unique and different, of course they want to be part of that. 
that transitions into a fun little story I like to always tell uh, because that's the thing too is, okay, well then what kind of collaborations can I do with brands? And sometimes the more creative you get, the better. Uh, so, um, which I would love to hear from Emiko and Justin, uh, some examples from you guys. Uh, but one example that I always like to mention is that, uh, is this everyone's, uh, who's been to NAM before? Raise their hands. Okay, I'm hoping on the panel. <laughs> Excellent. So it probably looks like more than half of you, which is fantastic. So I remember, uh, this happened a little while ago, but um, Orange uh, Amps used to have these things called, yeah, you guys know the story. Um, they have, I love this story. It's a good story. So uh, they always have these orange bags, and they're coveted. I think if, if everyone's been here before, you'll know, like, there's usually a long line for those orange bags. So I built a relationship with Orange over the years, and so I thought, you know what? Let me just ask them and see, hey, you know, let me know when you're ordering more orange bags. I, I kind of figured when that would be just before NAM that they would order, be ordering them. And the reason why is because when we would do uh, shows for our artists and run the merch booth, there are sometimes people coming up saying, hey, do you have a bag that we can put the stuff into? And we would say, unfortunately, no, we don't. And they say, oh, we'll come back later. And that's usually just a blow off and they, they never come back. And I like to say that I never want to have someone to have an excuse not to buy something right then and there. So I thought, okay, let me just ask them because then we'll have these ba their, their bags. This is perfect for brand recognition for Orange, and this has a need because people are asking for bags at shows. So um, they got back to me. It, it went back and forth for a little while, and they got back to me and said, yeah, no problem at all. How many are you looking for? And I said, I don't know. Like, you know, I just like, made a random number, like 100, 200, something. You know, whatever, whatever you can send me is totally fine. I just was appreciative of them sending me anything. And then they said, no problem, we'll, we'll send you some stuff. And about, I don't know, like a couple weeks later, I get in the store, and I kid you not, about yay high, this gigantic box of, of bags. I don't even know how many there were in there. It was hundreds of them. And it was just so amazing of them to, and nice of them to do this for us. And so we promoted that like crazy. So we posted on social media. We, had, we actually had the bags out on display for every single one of our shows. And people were even asking, can I just get the bag? And I said, no, you have to buy something. So, uh, but it worked out really well. It was, it was a, a mutual beneficial relationship that we've had a need and they had the supply for it. And we were able to make something really fun and unique happen. But um, enough about me talking. Emiko, do you have examples of some collaborations that you've done? I, I do, but before I do, can I do the thing? You want to do the thing? It's, the th it's, it's, the time, it's just like 10 minutes before they're going to do it. Is it okay? Oh, yes, 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 okay. yes. Tell them what's so, going on. Quick interruption. I hope you all don't mind. It's pretty dark from up here, and it's hard for me to see all of you. But um, my son is 11 years old, and he's in Philadelphia right now. And I'm, I love being here with you all. You're beautiful people, but... My son is 11, and he is singing the national anthem at the Phillies game this morning at the stadium. So I was hoping because I can't, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Um, because I can't be there, I told him that I would make a video. If you guys can all, on the count of three, say good luck, Oscar, like really enthusiastically, would that be okay? Yeah? Okay, ready? One, two, three. Good, good luck, Oscar. Oscar. Thank you. I'm going to send it to him later. His dad is a video, I say videotaping, I'm old. He's, he's you know, he's phoning, he's shooting it on the phone on, for me. So anyway, um, so examples of, of partnerships. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, I have a, I have a rather unique situation um, 
because the way, I'll give you the Hammond story, which is probably the one that I love the most. I had actually coveted a relationship with a keyboard company that was not Hammond, prior to Hammond, um, worked my butt off to get in with them, and they were okay for a while, and then they started treating me quite poorly. I won't name the company. <laughs> um, and I still love their gear, don't get me wrong, but the relationship wasn't there. And it, it very much is uh, like f dating somebody because you think they're going to be a certain way, and then you find out later that they're not, and you go, oh, man, I got to bounce. This is not cool. And that's kind of what happened. And then um, Keyboard Magazine did a feature on me, and I was here. Well, I was at the Hilton eating breakfast one morning, and um, this guy over at On Stage Stands was sitting next to me, and he goes, you're in Keyboard Magazine. I said, yeah. And he goes, what stands do you use? I said, I don't know, whatever I can get my hands on. He said, well, not anymore. Use On Stage Stands. And that day, I signed with them, and literally... From there, I ran into the editor-in-chief of Keyboard, who took me over to Hammond and said, this is Emiko, she's da-da-da-da-da with this keyboard company. And the director of marketing for Hammond Organ uh, looked me dead in the face and he goes, why aren't you on my roster? Uh, and I, because I have a big mouth and an attitude, I said, well, you didn't ask me yet. And he goes, well, I'm asking you now. And I said, okay then. And he goes, great. Stay right here, I'll be right back. And I didn't know what was happening, but it was me and Stephen Fortner, who was EIC at Keyboard at the time. I just signed to On Stage. I was coming over. I had no idea what was going on. Greg Gronowski, who's since passed away, goes into some little, you know, one of those secret meeting booths that only the exhibitors go into, you know, comes out with a stack of paperwork and goes, Here, welcome to Hammond. And that was it. And what ended up happening through that was all I knew was I didn't just, I was so excited, I didn't just want to be an artist. I was filled with this um, overwhelming sense to serve the brand. And so I said, what can I do? And he said, just go out and be you. I said, that's not enough. Which is kind of weird, because people tell me I'm kind of extra. But, <laughs> but I ended up with... Greg, uh, we ended up started. We ended up starting HTV, which was Hammond's TV network. We had uh, a show called The Hammond Hang. We had all sorts of different contests that we ran, and I ended up. They brought me on as their social media and marketing liaison. And so, what ended up happening was I ended up becoming part of the inner workings of the company because I was an artist who wanted to serve. So it wasn't enough for me to just get the kit and then go off and tour. What I wanted to do was really work from the inside out, work in a very impassioned way with the other artists in the community. And this is the key with brand partnerships. So many artists, I think, tend to make it all about them, right? Which, which is fair, like we're all trying to push our careers forward and I get that and that's cool and more power to you for being hungry and motivated and doing that. But when you step outside of yourself and you think, what can I do for others by utilizing my partnership with this brand, that's when all the doors open. That's when things start to happen and the blessings and the miracles and the contacts and the meetings and all these things happen that you could never, ever in a million years dream of. And there are so many things that 
are a direct result of that relationship that are now in my life, that have changed the trajectory of my career as an artist and as a professional because of that single meeting. So I encourage all of you, when you look at brand partnerships and you look at going after them, don't just look at what can they do for me and what can I do for the brand. Think bigger than that. Think sideways. Think 360 when you do it, because it's so important. You're a poet. <laughs> I'm not even awake yet. <laughs> I had no coffee, literally. So, so for me, I've, I've done a couple of different things with uh, cross-promotion. Um, on the more simple side of things, um, I also am sponsored by GHS Strings. And a couple of years ago, we ended up doing like a Twitter giveaway uh, where we were giving out some, some free swag. Uh, it was for a CD release we were doing. Uh, and in exchange, like what we did was we, we put together like a merch bundle of our own stuff. We put together some strings that we use, put that together and used it as a retweet type of thing uh, to generate some buzz around uh, our, our release. Uh, what ended up happening after that, though, was then GHS saw that because obviously we were tagging them and everything. And that was part of the thing is like, you know, tag us, tag GHS, uh, you know, win a bundle. And they, in turn, did the same type of thing a couple of months later to give us some, some love on their end. Uh, so we sent them some swag, and they put a bundle together of the bass strings that I use, the guitar strings my singer uses. And so, like, you know, there was this, you know, very nice cohesiveness between the two of us that, you know, we did something to promote them on, on our own initiative. Like, they didn't ask us to do anything, but because we did that, they're like, hey, let's do something for you. Uh, so they, they did something for us, and that was great, and that actually helped out a lot. Um, on the, the bigger, more extra side of things, though, um, I do a lot of music education work with NAM and here in the city of Anaheim, and I saw a need when I was working in one of the schools that their uh, instrument supply was a little low. Um, and when I first signed on with Fender, uh, I got in with them because they were starting their Fender Play Foundation, which is a couple of years old now. Um, but there was obviously um, an alignment not only in what we did, and you know, I've got a lot of like classic rock vibes, and obviously there's been a lot of legends that have played Fender basses through the years. So like on the musical side of things, it made sense for us to, to link up. But then there was this new passion that the company was starting to generate with music education and the communities. So I hit up my contact, I was like, hey, I'd like to schedule a meeting, I've got a pitch for you. So I told him my idea that I wanted to send some acoustic guitars and some ukuleles to uh, the Anaheim School District down here. And he was like, I love it, how much do you want? And I dropped my phone, because that wasn't the answer I was expecting. I expected, sure, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll reserve like three or four guitars, you know, maybe two ukuleles, but he was like, how many? I was like, uh, six of each he's like cool come by next week so i picked them up and i gave them to uh anaheim and they're still in circulation now and you know that was a really cool thing not only for us because i took the initiative and you know kind of gained a little favor with them for you know having the audacity i guess to to hit them up and be like hey can i get like a bunch of free stuff for kids um but it also helped with community outreach and that was something that they were already kind of starting to do so it made sense for their own values and what they were doing at the time. And it was just a really cool thing for the kids, too. Anything else that you want to add, Gabe, to that? 
Um, I was trying to think of something. Uh, well, I, how many of you guys are, are performing like touring artists or want to be performing and touring artists? So w some of my, my personal experiences over the last 10 years of being on the road and just you know going crazy all over the place um, has been uh, how brand partnerships have really influenced how much you save money on the road. I always say saving money is making money, right? Especially when you're a musician. So um, if you can get free strings from your favorite string company, well, you don't have to buy those on tour and, uh, and have that extra expense. If you have amps donated to you, you don't have to you know, buy an, an amp for tour or whatever. Um, and uh, so those can be really, really beneficial for your first few tours, especially because you're always going to be riding that line of probably, you know, losing money, you know, your first tours. Everyone talks about losing money in their first few tours. But if you can really cut down those expenses of what you need to make your show amazing, whether that's lighting, picks, strings, amps, guitars, keyboards, whatever, cables, you know, um, that's a big one as well. Um, that just saves you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, once they're added up. Uh, in addition to just you know, let's say physical gear or, or things, a lot of brands will actually sponsor your tours. Uh, when we toured in Europe, uh, uh, we had a, a killer DJ with us from LA and he used a certain uh, mixing uh, desk and console and equipment. And uh, so we reached out to that company and said, hey, we want to go tour in France, Germany, England, you know, all over. Uh, would you want to sponsor us and, and be a part of this? And by the way, our DJ, you know, uses your gear on the daily. And so it was a really cool organic thing. We're like, oh, yeah, we do want to expand in these territories, too. We do want to move some units. We do want to get some, uh, you know, more eyeballs on us. And so they ended up not only supplying gear for our DJ to use, but also sponsoring monetarily and almost funding the entire thing. Um, just one company. And so that's kind of the power of kind of thinking outside the box and trying to see what's possible once you develop these relationships with these companies and really find something that really fits together. And actually, just to double down on that for a second, uh, the in case of emergency break glass contacts, uh, you know, I've, I've had stuff drop shipped, uh, you know, a couple of dates ahead if there's been like a drastic emergency with, uh, you know, picks, strings, cables, uh, any anything of the like, uh, you know, if if it's possible, it's, there's a good chance uh, that your rep would be able to drop ship you something to a hotel or a venue uh, a couple of dates ahead. Uh, that comes in handy really well. Obviously, you hope you don't need to use that, but that is a, a safety net. I, uh, perfect note on that. I, uh, I play uh, Gibson guitars, and I was playing at this military base one tour, and the guitar fell off the stage and broke all the way around. And it was my, it was a hummingbird. Oh no! And um, so I had just recently met uh, my new Gibson rep, and he was in Vegas. And uh, I just, you know, called him. I was like, "Oh man, is there any, you know, a guitar I could use tomorrow? We're gonna be in Vegas, and I don't know if you have any, you know, guitars." And he's like, "Where are you gonna be? All right, I got you." And the morning of the show, he shows up uh, in Vegas at like 9 a.m. Hands me this amazing hummingbird guitar and he's like here you go use this imagine dragons just used it last night yeah. like what <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was supposed to give the guitar back at the end of the tour 
And uh, for some reason, he was like, just keep it. You know, and so I don't say that today. publicly, Gabe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Gibson did not do that. In- Gibson industry did not, secrets. Gibson did not actually do that. No, he you did, imagine it was actually it? a Chipson. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's just like a wild story of like how uh, how clutch these companies yeah. can come in, because you know how it is on the road. You know how it, you know things break, things happen, right? And um, and sometimes you're just not near a music store, right? Like, yeah. No, and that's one thing that I will say. Like, when I was touring in Asia and I landed in Malaysia after missing two flights, my Hammond did not show up. It left Los Angeles. I saw it in San Francisco. I saw it in Hong Kong. I got to Kuala Lumpur. It was not there. I was alone. I was alone in Kuala Lumpur with my handler with no Hammond. And I was playing a three-day festival headlining. And I called (laughs) long distance and I said to Hammond, I don't know, I, didn't, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to be able to play. And they said, we got you. There's a dealer in Singapore who's going to transfer to Thailand that's going to put it on a ferry <laughs> and bring it to Malaysia. And luckily it showed up. Thanks, United Airlines, for being two days late, by the way. Um, but it showed up in one piece. But the point is they were ready to go. At They will move heaven and earth for you in many, many different ways that we don't have access to just as being ourselves as artists. And it's so, it's so wonderful, you know. Also, as long as you have a good attitude and you, you're in oh, good standing yeah. with them, too. Right, yeah, 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 for sure. Just preface. Yes. <laughs> also, that, that's what I'm bringing up, too, because all, all these are obviously amazing stories, and I always love telling these stories. But you, the thing is that this took years in the making to get to this point with these people, right? It's not like right away, you just see them, well, us- except usually. Except for me. Except for you. You're the exception <laughs> Sorry. to the rule. So... Uh, but that's the thing, too, is that, of course, you know, it's am- amazing to have these relationships built, but how do you find these people to begin with, right? Like, where, where do you go? What do you do? Like, how do you, you know, how do you get those relationships started? I think we follow them into the men's room at NAM, don't we, gentlemen? Isn't that right? <laughs> yes. I think, Gabe, I've seen you in Wow, the, in, we're in, giving in everyone some amazing advice right now. Bathrooms, beers, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Getting, 100% parking lot. Keeping yep. guitars, all these fun things. <laughs> But I, I know, like, for example, uh, one of the things, uh, two of my team members are actually right here in the audience. This is their first time at NAM, And one of the things, yeah, you can give them a pro- applause, everyone. Give them applause. There you go. Welcome now to the Thunderdome. See, this is what happens when you come with me. So uh, one of the things that I told them to do, which is go up and just literally just start talking to them. If, you, if there's a brand that you really like, even if you don't know the brand at all, but you find them really interesting, is just talking to the people and just saying, you know, and just admitting to the fact that, hey, this is my first time at NAM, or hey, I don't know how this process works. Are you looking, you know, do you have, you know, are you looking for artists to work with right now? What are the things that you're looking for from an artist right now? And just start asking questions. And believe me, I personally find that if you're telling them it's the, your first time at NAM, they get sometimes really excited. And they're saying, oh, this is your first time at NAM? Well, let me show you how this works and let me show you this stuff because they're just, they just love to be here. You know, we're all here to appreciate music and all these amazing products. So sometimes just going up and just asking. Um, but there are some key things that you can um, check into. Uh, most of the time, um, if there, uh, there are specific positions called artist relations, that their job is specifically to build relationships with artists. So I usually will ask that question first. But even if they don't, I'll usually will ask them questions if they do work with artists or who should I speak to and so forth. And at least... Uh, somebody will hopefully be able to get me into the right direction to talk to the right person. Um, but do you guys have uh, anything to add on that front as well? I think the the biggest thing, um, 
Am I allowed to use adult language? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Don't be an a-hole. How's that? There you go. That that's work? probably better. That's, that's good enough. Don't be an a-hole. And I say that uh, with love, but quite, quite seriously, because the biggest thing that happens, like, I manage the Hammond socials, and I get contacted from people, I mean, when I say daily, down to the hour, down to the minute, DM after DM, hey, when are you going to give my boy a, an endorsement? When are you going to give him a Hammond? He's better than anybody you have on your roster. And I go, block next because the attitude has to be one of grace and it has to be one of professionalism but it doesn't necessarily have to be oh well I have 30,000 followers on Instagram and here's my engagement and here's my EPK and like don't come at us with that stuff either just a simple hey I really love this model that you put out I'd love to play hey can I try that out cool hey what do you guys because the biggest thing for me is like hey what are you guys working on I'd love to see if there's a way we can fit in together. Um, what's next on your plan? Like, what's the next thing that's happening, right? Because if you don't ask the questions and you come at us with this me, 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 me thing, we just go turn that switch off and just keep walking. So when you're talking to an artist relations person, it's really important to be equal parts your own champion, right? And it's okay to toot your own horn and say, hey, I've won these awards and I'm a songwriter, a producer, whatever, and I'm working with so-and-so. Absolutely, that's really helpful for us to know. But we want to know not just your accolades, we want to know your character. We want to know your values because you're going to be partnering with our brand. We need to know that your values and our values are, if not the same, similar, right? because that's what's gonna make for a good synergy. So just keep that in mind as you go forward today and exchange business cards and whatever you're doing, ask questions. Always better to ask questions because 99% of the time, I don't know about you guys, but we get bombarded by people talking at us and it's that 1% of the people that go, I'd love to know more about your company or hey, I was researching this, I saw this interview, I'd love to, I'd love to hear more about this. And we go, what? Oh, this person's asking questions. Oh, this person's cool. It's like a silent signal to us that you're cool, you can hang. And that's really important in moving those relationships forward. And there's a few faux pas too, right? More than just that, right? Like, Oh, God. Hey, where, where, do, where does one... You yeah, want to pick up the list, Gabe? We'll yeah. be here all day. <laughs> you know, you're down on the trade room floor. It's super busy and loud and all this commotion. And you're like, hey, check out this track I just made on my phone. You know, it's like... <laughs> You got a CD player? You want to listen to this right now? You know? Oh my God. You got a cassette deck somewhere back here? Like, um, mini disc. I'm waiting for mini disc to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You got a four track? Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's you know, uh, one thing I always tell people is like, yeah, just be genuine, be human. Um, I know it's awkward to talk to, you know, uh, people that you perceive as like, you know, the A&R guy who runs, you know, uh, Fender or something or whatever. But, um, you know, just a simple exchange of business cards so that you can chat later or just, you know, like Emiko said, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I love this model of, you know, this new Vox amp or whatever. What do you guys got coming up, up this year, you know, or next year? Um, what kind of initiatives are you guys working on? What are you doing with education? Um, if, you're, if you're on the music education side of things, you know, um, I do a lot of that stuff as well. Justin and I were just talking backstage. We know a lot of the same people and have kind of been able to, on our own, ends kind of 
be liaisons for brand partnerships between schools and providing equipment and recording gear to, you know, underfunded schools and Title I schools and stuff so that students can actually have a bigger leg up than when we were in band class struggling, you know? And that's something that's passionate to us. And so finding those things of where you're passionate at, not just like, you know, I have a huge TikTok following or I can play a million notes a minute. It's like finding those intersectional things where it, it, it aligns and you're just like, you know, brother, brother, yeah, you know, let's do this, you know, and it becomes so organic and natural. And it's like, how could this brand not partner with you? That's what it turns into be, you know. Yeah, I would add two things. I would first add start small. If you don't have anybody backing you, probably a boutique tube amplifier company that costs $7,000 isn't going to take a risk on you. Uh, you know, you start with your picks, your strings, your, your smaller budget items that don't have the bigger risk reward involved in investing in an artist. You start building those and then you can start getting into the, the larger ticket items. And then when you have that established following and support, then you can start going to the other companies. Also, also, there are a lot of cool boutique brands and smaller businesses out there that are not Fender or Gibson that also make really quality stuff that need artists a lot more than Fender needs somebody new. Um, that's how my whole world in sponsorship started, is with two small startups uh, in the basement in like 2006. Um, since then, both companies have moved to the main floor. So you know, if you get in with you know, a smaller company, they might not end up staying small, and you can grow together, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, case in point, something, you know, a realistic example of something that just happened yesterday. We were on the floor walking around and saw this amazing new guitar uh, that collapses in on itself and folds and, you know, it turns into a backpack. I'm sure some of you guys may have actually walked past that booth and saw that. I was like, oh, man, that's such a, you know, great idea. Oh, and it stays in tune? Whoa, where that's amazing. This? Wait, where is, I haven't So this is Ciari Guitars, okay. and they're kind of one of the first guitar companies to, like, have this, you know, bridge kind of locking system that really, like, keeps, you know, uh, everything floating uh, and, you know, in pitch and everything. And it folds up into a backpack that you can take. And I tried it out, and I was, like, geeking out on it. And I started talking with their guy, and, you know, you know, we're, he's like, bro, let's work together. You know, it was just super organic. And it was a small company. It was on the very side of fringe of the trade show, you know, just a little booth. And, but it was like this awesome new technology. It sounded great. It looked great. It, uh, they just had a great vibe with the company. And it was just like a no brainer, you know? And it's like, of course, I'd love to do something. So I even said, you know, hey, I'll shout you guys out whenever I can. That's C-R-E guitar, C-I-A-R-I. And, um, you know, so it's like little things. Look for new technology. Look for uh, emerging things that are coming out and, uh, and see if there's some sort of alignment. That stuff happens all the time. You just got to look for it. So I just want everyone to pay attention to just what happened here on stage. Gabe mentioned a really cool company, and then Emiko took out her phone and then wrote down that company. That's first, literally first how this stops. all works. First stop today. That's yeah. actually literally how this works. It's, it's about not just connecting with the brands, but then connecting everybody who's attending the conference as well and making friends with everybody. Because then, like, if somebody mentions, oh, yeah, I, this is a really cool company you should check out, or, hey, let me introduce... Like, I can't tell you how many introductions that I've made because of, especially with Gabe and Emiko up on stage here. 
Like, I cannot tell you, express my gratitude for that. And we help all of each other out. We make introductions within the people that I know too. So we combine our forces to, to essentially to divide and conquer in many ways and to exploring which, which are amazing people, which would be aligned to the different things that we're doing. So uh, that, that is completely inval invaluable, I feel. All right, so um, I do want to have a little bit of time for Q&A, but one other thing I do want to mention is uh, this is called the, the future of brand partnerships as well. So looking towards the future and what brands are looking for now or what they're looking for moving ahead. Uh, I know that we can have an entire, uh, a whole session just on that alone. But maybe I, next year. Yeah, maybe <laughs> next year. But I do want to, to, uh, to touch base on that a little bit as well. Uh, I do know that a lot of brands are looking for a lot more content on all their their social channels uh and they, they they are just like us like where we're like we are trying to figure out ourselves on what to post online well they're doing the same thing so finding uh content that is relatable to them that is natural and organic that also helps your own platform as well i find is a, a huge asset i know one of the things I did yesterday was uh, I have a, a fantastic, I'm pretty sure I can say this, um, a fantastic partner with uh, Westone Audio. And so with the 8020 Show podcast, I said, hey, do you want me to come down the booth and just do a podcast interview with a couple of artists on your roster? And they said, sure, absolutely. So I went down there and not only did I interview a number of artists on their roster, but they also brought in a couple of engineers too that were launching a brand new product line. And I, so I interviewed them as well and to discuss their own backgrounds and, and how that all came about. And that's going to be put together into an episode. So this helped me out because this gives me content for my podcast and it helps them out because it's helping promote their brand new product launch. And as well as giving thanks, uh, supporting the artists that are part of their roster. So finding those kind of things. So again, it, it all kind of revolves around the same thing is how do you, can, can you incorporate the things that you're already doing with these different brands? But I think that's going to become even more the case, especially with digital content. Along on the digital tip there, um, you know, during the pandemic, so many of these kind of like online uh, companies started really rising, you know, uh, like BandLab or Soundtrap or NoteFlight, these other, these kind of, you know, niche programs that you could be, you know, at home and isolated and quarantined and still be working on music with your buddies across the country or having a Zoom co-writing session, you know. Um, I'd be in my living room, you know, playing guitar and, you know, writing a song with some guy out in Nashville who's also quarantined. And so, like, looking at emerging technologies and seeing what's kind of, you know, you know, now that it's out there, it's not going back. We, we're we're going to be having more of these kind of, like, um, you know, forward-thinking, you know, uh, uh, digital companies that are going to be really taking the forefront. So finding ways of partnering with those guys as well could be a really cool um, angle or opportunity as well. And they, they need the love from artists, you know, artists that are using their stuff, that, that appreciate their products, that are, you know, benefiting from it. That's one way that us artists can kind of, like, return the love. Yeah, I think for me, the thing that I'm noticing is, you know, going back to your point there is with such a heavy focus on the digital content side of things with social media, I'm, I'm, you're already noticing a lot more uh, digital content only artists getting sponsorships and signature products because, you know, the whole thing about being an artist and being an endorsed artist is that you're using their products on stage in the studio and that's putting their products in front of people. That's what social media is. So there's these digital content creators that are now getting sponsorship. So I think 
a heavier focus on that is probably going to be in the future as well. I want to speak from both the artist side and from the brand side on this because I think Gabe and Dustin are both correct, period. And also, uh, I have this conversation a lot. I have a, my artist side and then I've got my hi-fi audiophile side. I'm a giant audiophile and I have brand partnerships in that too. And a lot of content creators come to me and they say, well, how come you make all this money doing this and we just get reposts and free product, but we don't get paid money. We don't get cash money. And I say, well, first of all, I'm not giving you my secrets, <laughs> number one. But number two, it's because everybody's trying to do the same thing. Everybody can create content. Everybody can be good at it or great at it. And that's wonderful, and we should be. But it is so important. Every single person in here has the ability... I'm going to be gauche for a moment, okay? Just if you don't mind. I'm not saying... I want to make a point here. I'm not saying this to brag. I want to make a point. I, seriously. My endorsement partnerships, my brand partnerships have paid for my BMW. If you can pay for a luxury car with the money that you make from doing this, you got it. If you can pay for a Honda doing this, you got it, right? I'm just making a point. I'm not shoving it in anybody's face in that way, but... I want to say that because it's so important that you understand that this is a real-life possibility. This is a very viable option if you do it right. And the key is, okay, everybody's creating content to be reposted for, for, for free gear, discounted gear. They're getting affiliate codes. Then guess what? We've turned it around, and y'all have to go out and sell our stuff, and we can cut our budget so we don't ever have to have a sales team again because all of our artists will go out and do it. I don't mean Hammond. I'm saying like just brands in general, just so we're clear. But what if, you're a brand, what if you're an artist that we're paying? Why are we paying you? Why are you remaining on our roster? Why do you get more money year after year? What is the special thing that you are doing that is of service, not just to us as a brand, but to our entire community and industry that no one else is doing? You have to find that thing, and that's going to be the thing that puts the bread on the table for you. So we're going to open up to questions now. <laughs> so if anybody has questions, come on up. Otherwise, there's other questions I can ask. Somebody come yeah. is, is, that, is that, I think that mic's on? Yep. Yep, that's okay. Hello. Go, yeah. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, we've been talking a lot about um, brands, especially in terms of gear. And I was trying to come up with things that maybe might even be outside of the box. Maybe it's fashion or drinks or software or things like that that might, you know, they might not have a sh be on the floor here at NAM, but they would love to partner with you. I'd love to hear some out-of-the-box ideas. I do that all the time. I, I know, Gabe, you do that too. I had a Jaeger deal for a while. Nice, <laughs> nice. That, oof, I, then we need a Pepto-Bismol deal to follow that up, I think, don't we? <laughs> um, I think it's, so, can I ask what it is that you do? Um, actually, I, I am a, a, a singer-songwriter. I do mostly do live stream content creation. I'm not a touring artist. Cool. Um, but one of the things that's a hallmark of what I do is I do um, body positivity. I'm a big fat nerd. I'm queer. Like all these different nice. intersection nice. things Great. That, that could align with a lot of different brands. 
So the biggest thing is your mission statement, which Mike knows that I'm all about that, is just the fact that you said that from that alone, I got so much of what you can do to be of service, body positivity, that you're queer, that you're somebody that is motivational, articulate, creative, somebody that people can count on and look to. So these are things that brands look for. So um, doing like a, you know, artist X brand Clo limited edition clothing line, something that you're wearing on stage when you're performing, the lighting, uh, the camera gear, the mixing gear, even something like um, in-house um, design wear, like a throw, throw pillows or whatever's in the background, right, that's, in, that's on your set. Those are all things that if they have certain messaging or color schemes or whatever, these are all things that you can absolutely be looking for alignments with. And because of who you are and what your messaging is, I think it's a really beautiful opportunity that exists for you because we need more of that. First of all, thank you for saying it. We need more of it, but it's also something that's unique to you. And so you have a chance to really get out there and shine. And there are a ton of companies that are gonna wanna support that, 100%. It's gonna be easy for you. Thank you. I wanna get a home goods deal. Right? I know, dude. Just totally. Just think about that. 100%. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thank you for doing this. Uh, so I just want to go back to something at the beginning where you mentioned, like, putting too much out there. So real briefly, what I did recently, I built a mobile studio in, like, a Sprinter-type van, and I've been traveling around the country, meeting artists, interviewing them, making music, photos, videos, whatever, creating anything. I have a few brands that are a part of my workflow already that I plan to link up with, but as far as like monitors or something, I'm totally agnostic. So on a certain point, is it legit for me to almost approach it in a sales way and hit up a bunch of people? Like I have a unique need. I'm looking for someone that can fill that. I don't really, I don't want to hit up too many people and get on your list, but also at the same time, I'm not really committed. I've met some cool people here today, but I kind of want to reach out and see who can work with me and who's interested in it. It's not about like, you know, oh, I'm not committed to, I'm not locked down to anything, right? But it's more about just, yeah, walking the floor, meeting all those people and just, you know, developing relationships with them so that when you are testing out the gear and you do find these these sweet monitors that you just like, oh man, these would be perfect in my mobile studio, you know, for, you know, my low thresholds and whatever, right? And, um, and then start kind of walking down the aisle to that, but just letting them know that you have this mobile setup and you are creating content with artists around the country and you've got this unique thing going on. I think a lot of companies would love to uh, talk more with you about that, you know. I would also add to that too. It's totally okay to go on dates with all these brands. Like okay. you can, uh, <laughs> like you can always Mine do that. Dying. It's just the pro the problem we say about working with too many brands is like is going to all of them and saying, "Hey, do you want to move in with me?" Because yeah. then all of a sudden they all get into the same the, your apartment. They're like, and they all look at each other like, "That's What's what going that's on? what Gabe's Airbnb these are for." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this bed's so, not big enough. <laughs> so it's it's totally okay to go around. And you can also be honest, saying, "Hey, look, you know, I'm you know I'm looking like this is what I do and so forth. I'm just looking for monitors right now and just seeing just basically." seeing what's out there and you could be straight you know straightly honest about that and you don't even have to necessarily talk to them about a partnership you can just say this is what i'm doing just checking out different monitors and just seeing you know just seeing what's out there i want to i want to offer real i know we're running out of time i want to offer you one thing because i know with mobile uh recording facilities this is something really cool that brands do 
do. If you go to them and say, hey, I'd really like to audition these monitors, and in exchange what I'll do is I'll make some unboxing, some how-to, some reaction videos, all positive, right? But like, <laughs> keep them for a couple months, then swap them out, call the next company. Because what you're, you're not going around, quote, sleeping around. What you're doing is really, truly trying to find the best fit for your facility, right? But at the same time, everybody's winning. You get monitors galore. They get content galore. Your artists get to experience different things. This is a win-win-win for you. You actually are in a great position. Like so that. just start cherry-picking, for well, sure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I picked up a lot from you today. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Great, how are you guys doing? Excellent. Yeah. So I'm I'm an artist as well, and I was just wondering, like, I've got all these kind of um, content ideas, and I've started, like, to do more of, like, a campaign on, like, Instagram and Snapchat, just as I kind of go, like, trying to get content as much as I can just starting. Would Do you guys have any advice on, like, just organizing, like, all of those thoughts and, like, content that you want to create so you don't forget about it or get caught up in like the everyday tasks so then you're not putting time into that? If we had an entire <laughs> another hour, we would be able to answer that question for you. But to answer your question, yes, <laughs> we yeah. do. Um, uh, I will say on my, uh, my front, I, I honestly, the, the shortest answer I possibly can give you is I use Google Drive and Google Calendar. That's what okay. I use. So I use okay. Google Drive to keep track of all of our content that we are using. And then what I tr we try to do as a team is to build as much of an arsenal of content as possible so we have always have something to, to put out there. Even ever evergreen content, so we're like, uh, I don't know what to post. Like, we can go ahead and just throw it into the, mm -hmm. into the uh, schedule. And then I, we at least start with Google Calendar. Uh, and then this way we have an idea every single day what's going to be posted, and it aligns with our any kind of announcements we have going on, any show dates, anything along those lines that's integrated with our calendar. So those are the things that I personally use as essentially as a starting point. I, okay. I do have, but I'm looking at our clock and there's somebody behind you, so if you want to come see me afterwards, I'm yeah, happy, to, happy to chat with you about it. Thank you, guys. Hello, friend. Hi, how are you guys? Good, how are you? Oh, wait. Is that who I think it is? Yes. Hello, oh, stop. Mika. Get out. <laughs> hey. Hi, I'm Shelby. Um, uh, clearly, I know them. Um, but I actually did have a question. So I worked in branding for a long time, more on like the um, artist like fashion and, and those kinds of sides thing um, over at a talent agency for a couple of years. And one of the things that I noticed with those companies is that they really, really cared about engagement rate. Is that something that you guys are seeing as well from the gear side as far as like what people are interested in when you present them? Like if I'm sending a one sheet, like in my experience, it's very much like you need to make sure that you have your engagement, you're following all this kind of stuff. Are you seeing a curve towards micro influencers with good engagement or still the huge following? Um, aspect. I mean, I'll answer that from the brand side. I think, well, because Mike and I just made a deck. We just, yeah, we we just, just made spent a like a week on a deck about this. Um, it really depends on the products that we're, that we're putting out there, right? So, like, there are some artists that it doesn't matter to our team if we have, if they have 500 follow, uh, followers or 1,000 followers or 10,000 followers. If the people are rabid and they put something out and they're following snaps on it and is there, cool. Um, but then there are people that we work with that are really sort of our I say A-listers, but that makes everybody else sound less, and that's not true. That's just sort of the generic name that we use, who have, you know, a bajillion followers, and it's great, but it's it really depends. So, like, if there's a flagship product that's coming out, 
we'll do a campaign around it in a very particular way. If it's something there where we just need to bolster certain things and we know that uh, we've got sales coming up or whatever, right, for the holidays or whatever, we'll push it out to various artists on the roster and say, hey, talk about this, talk about this, talk about this. And so it really depends on what, um, on, on what the, the products are. So, but I would say having, having a one sheet or having a deck, having some sort of examples that you can send people are always good because you never know what they're looking for at that time. Perfect. Definitely talk to us afterwards, but we have to get off the stage. But thank yeah. you all so much for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day at AM. Thank you, guys. We'll be available thank for you, questions everybody. in the back. Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 show. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow. If you enjoyed the episode or this podcast overall, please leave us a review or comment on our socials, which you can find us at 8020records on pretty much all platforms. You can also check us out on our website at www.8020records.com. And as always, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.